have known Skip since 1959. His family was here as well, so been loved a long time. Uh, Pastor Craig and I were talking about service. All the different remodels, buildings, things, um, work that we did or stuff that we did. And yes, we were on staff here, I think a total of about three and a half years. And um, this church sent us out as missionaries. And uh, that's 40 years ago. <laughs> 40 years. Um, during that 40 years, this church has always been one of our strong financial supporters and we want to thank you for that. We are very honored that you're a part of that. And just to say thank you to you. Um, thank you for your prayers for us. Uh, every time we came home for a furlough for a time in the States before we went back to the field, um, we were here, came here, and asked the church to pray for us, to anoint us, to send us off again for another four years or so. But again, the church has just been a vital part of our life. I And I don't know, I'd have to, Pastor Craig would have to look it up. I have never, ever moved, me, moved my membership from this church. Now, we're inactive because we don't live here and we don't, we're not able to go here. But we consider this to still be our home church. And this is where we're from. And so thank you for that and for your prayers and support. Um, Dodie and I went out from this church We've been privileged to serve as missionaries for a little over 40 years. Almost 30 of those years, we served in Chile, in South America. Um, for the past 18 years, we've served as the lead pastors for a growing church in the northeast side of Santiago. And there's a couple of pictures up on the slide right now that just kind of give you an idea of that. The church on the left is the... The mother church is the church that we, primary church, we were pastoring. That mother church, now you don't normally do this, but we had 150 people basically going to that church. We took 25 of them and sent them to another area of Santiago with one of our elders and his wife. And they now are the church, second church you see up there that are now running about 140. But we mothered that church. And so both of those churches last year we turned both of those churches over to um, our Chilean pastors, our Chilean leaders. And so they are now completely pastoring those churches. But let me, let me just say this. How can you pray for those churches? First of all, the mother church, the daughter church, they have their own property already. The mother church does not. Because a piece of property 100 by 140 feet is a million dollars in Santiago. Yeah. So we don't have a property for that yet. So would you pray with us that that church would get a permanent location for their church? Did you know that in Latin America, six out of every seven people have not heard an adequate presentation of the gospel? A lot of people think Latin America, they say, well, Latin America's reached. No, it's not. Six out of every seven people have not received an adequate presentation of the gospel in their own language. That's right now. For the past eight years, in addition to the work that we were doing with those two churches, we also were serving as the area directors for five countries in South America. In other words, we were like the leader, the boss, the supervisor for about 90 people that served in Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Paraguay, and Uruguay. And during that time, one of our primary focuses was the unreached people groups along the Amazon of Brazil. 
And that's one of the things that we focused on most of our time with a lot of, a lot of our work going there. But I, a little bit later, I'll talk to you more about that. But just a little bit of information, hundreds of languages that represent almost 200 unreached people groups. And I'm talking about groups never touched with the gospel. Almost 200 groups. Areas that are so remote and rugged that outsiders rarely, if ever, go there. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that a little bit later in the message. But I just want you to know and to understand just some basic things about how you can pray for us. And one of them is the church in Santiago. And how the Lord would provide us and help us to get a location that, that is just for that particular church. We need a sovereign move of God in Chile. We need a sovereign move of God in Chile. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit came in 1909. It's a church that's been experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit and experienced the presence of the Lord, but has become a church many ways like the United States, dry, very little Pentecostal experience, very little speaking in tongues or Pentecostal movement. So please pray for a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit in those countries. Um, so those are the two primary areas where you can pray for us. Now, this morning... I, I want to share with you a message. It's simply called Called to the Nations. And I know that in a couple weeks or shortly, you as a church are going to the Czech Republic on a missions trip. And I commend you. That I'm glad you're doing that. I'm so glad that you'll be a part of that. God has called us to the nations. Not just this nation, even though it's critical that we continue to reach the lost in the United States, but he's called us to the nations. And he says in Psalm 20, chapter 2 and verse 8, Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations. God has called us to the nations. Um, I was called to be a missionary when I was 17 years old in this church. The pews are gone. Um, about over here on this side, about where... Um, Renee is sitting right there, <laughs> is at the end of the service, I sensed that the Lord wanted me to go to the, down and pray. It wasn't at the altar, but it was in a pew about where she's sitting. And during that time of prayer, the Lord called me to be a missionary. Um, from that point, the goal, the purpose, the everything that true to doing was that we did was to be able to go as a missionary. Dodie and I met at Bethany in Northern California, married, we, the, same, the same vision, the same call, and like I said, now having been 40 years as missionaries. But today, there are times that I ask myself if we really take seriously the promise from God that he will make the nations of the earth to be our inheritance. Do we really believe that? Is that something that we just say or something? We, but, but do we actually believe that? Some say we've already finished the task. Like I said, six out of every seven in Latin America have never heard an adequate presentation of the gospel. That's incredible. The number where you're going in the Czech Republic, the number of people in the darkness, the people that need the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. Do we believe that he's called us to the nations? Some say, well, every geographical uh, country in the world has been reached. That's actually not true. Um, we right now, the Assemblies of God, have works, ministry, churches in 252 countries, territories, and provinces in the world. 
But there are still 16 nations that do not have the presence of the church. And I'm not just saying the assemblies of God. I'm saying there are nations closed to anybody going into those countries to preach the gospel and to reach the lost. 16 nations still, well, we can't do that. Um, so some, and some say we finished the task. We don't need to do anything else. But, and I asked you the question, I mentioned to you about the indigenous tribes, the unreached people groups. What about them? They've never heard the gospel. Do they have a right to hear the gospel? What would you think if the only opportunity that you ever had to hear a clear presentation of the gospel, the saving work of Jesus Christ, was in Russian? You wouldn't know what they were saying. So you're not receiving a clear presentation. So please know we have an incredible amount of work still to do. Um, recently, and I don't know if you saw this last year, um, recently last year, November 2022, the United Nations declared officially there are now 8 billion people living on planet Earth. 2 billion have never heard the gospel one time. That's a task. Pray and I will give you the nations. Worldwide, 7,000 unreached people groups, 400 tribes in the entire Amazon basin, not just Brazil, but the entire Amazon, 400 tribes that have never been reached. Um, go ahead, um, would you go to the next slide, if you would, please? Thank you. Um, what you were looking at, I had opportunity today was, as I was traveling um, with some of our missionaries and doing some work on the Amazon, the privilege to go up in a small plane and to be able to fly over a significant area of the Amazon on the Brazil side. And what you're looking at, and I don't know how clear it is for you, that is an unreached tribe. Small, but that tribe has never heard the gospel. They have their own language that no one else speaks. So how do you reach them? How, how do you reach them? A small tribe never before reached with the gospel. Um, what can you do? Begin to pray. And ask God to help us reach these tribal nations. We are specifically asking, and this is part of our task as area directors, we are asking for the Lord to send four or five families just to Manaus, Brazil, to begin to work to reach these tribal areas. Please pray, Lord, send workers to Manaus, Brazil. That's what we need. Again, he says, I will make the nations your heritage. So for the next few minutes, let me try and paint you a picture of the reality of the call and the need. There is an Old Testament mandate, and there's a New Testament mandate to reach the nations. The Old Testament mandate comes from Genesis 12, and uh, it just the text is up there, but I'm going to read the entire text for you in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. And in this text of Genesis 12, 1 through 4, there are seven promises. And I'm going to show them. I'm going to just mark them out for you. I don't know if you want to mark your Bibles or something or note them down in a piece of paper. But there are seven actual promises from the Lord. For he says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, leaving behind everything. Now comes the start of the promises. And 
Number one, I will make of you a great nation. And we know the Lord did that. Number two, and I will bless you. Number three, I will make your name great. So that number four, you will be a blessing. And this principle is in is throughout the Bible. Of be, you will be a blessing to bless others. You can't just hold the blessing. It has to be given to others. So that you will be a blessing. For number five, I will bless those who bless you. Six, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. Seven, in you. And this is the part that immediately touches us. In you, all the families, the tribes, the nations, the peoples of the earth shall be blessed. How do we know that? Because that was a promise given to Abraham that you can actually read in, in, in Galatians 3 and verse 8 where he says, in you shall all nations be blessed. In who? In Jesus Christ. In Jesus, all nations will be blessed. <clears throat> but there's a New Testament mandate of Jesus for our lives as well. And again, it's 2 Peter 3, 9. I don't have the full text up there for you, but at least if you want to note it and look at it later. But here, listen to what Peter says. The Lord, I know you know this verse. You've heard it. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But it's long-suffering to us. Here, look what it says. Not willing that any should perish. And I have people all the time, all the time tell me, well, it's the select. It's the elect. It's just the chosen. Peter says, not willing that any, underline any, should perish. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. But that all, again, look at the emphasis, all should come to repentance. That's what the Lord wants. Our task, then, is just simply that mandate that even for us, we're not willing that any should perish. And when you begin to think about your own lives and your own influence and your, your friends or family or children or, or grandparents or parents that may not be serving the Lord, do you want them to not to be lost? No, you don't. You want them to be saved. And so part of our task is even to reach our own family members, our own friends, the ones we're working with, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do we understand that critical significance of Peter's words? Any and all. That's who he wants saved. Do we believe it? Do we believe the word? And then there's Matthew 24, 14, which is amazing scripture. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world which is actually ethnos, which means all of the ethnic groups, not just geographical nations, all the world for a witness unto all ethnos, all nations, and then shall the end come. And that scripture is, is in the middle of Jesus' words to his disciples about end time events and how they can know that the end time is coming soon. Now, let me detail just a little bit more and paint a little bit better picture of the UPGs in Brazil. Um, just in our Amazon area of South America, there are 400 groups, different languages that have never been reached. 
between 180 and 200 are just on the Amazon basin of Brazil. Unreached people groups. One of the largest land masses areas of unreached people group in the world that includes Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Brazil. And it seems like every year a new tribe is found that no one knew even existed. Some say we've already finished the task, that every nation has been reached. But what about the tribes that have never heard one time? Now, to understand the Amazon and the task and how you can pray intelligently, you have to understand there are four different groups to reach on the Amazon River. The first is the people that work the river. These are people that their whole life, they have done nothing but work the river. And if I could take you there and show you boat after boat after boat and large vessels on the, on the river taking people from one, like taxis, from one place to another on the Amazon River and trying to reach the people. And these people, the river people, we can go and preach to them and plant churches among them. There's openness to do that. But they're not tribal people. They're river people. The second one is the tribes with access to the gospel. And the picture you see on that slide is of one of those groups. It's the tribal area where we can reach them. I was there as a part of the visiting team that was there where we actually have uh, wells, for water wells for each of the areas, for the chief and his family, the different ones. We have people that go in there that are able to preach and to teach because this particular tribe and their language if they can go to, they can have access more easily to other tribes that speak the same language. So this particular tribe is called the Majoruna tribe, or means big lake tribe, and they actually live right on a big lake area of the Amazon River. Um, the third one is villages where we are allowed to teach and train, and the fourth one is prohibited tribes, and that's the 180 to 200 tribes that we have not reached up until this point. There are tribes, and go ahead, Stevens, go to the next slide if you would, please. There are tribes where we have direct contact. And those same tribes can go to other tribes of their same language group. The Majoruna tribe, that's where we have the well, the water wells, and we minister there, and we have uh, Bible work and stuff that goes on there and training that goes on and discipling, and they can reach other tribes. We also have access to the tribes along the river on the border with Peru, Colombia, and Ecuador. And you see in the picture, that's a picture from Islandia, one of the cities where we have a church and we have at that church a training facility where we're able, because they, when they live on the river like that, they speak both Spanish and Portuguese. So we're able to go there and train and prepare people to go out of the tribes and to teach and to preach. Um, the fourth one, the prohibited tribes, that's another matter. Um, the picture, and I don't know if you can see clearly. I hope you can a little bit. On the, the picture on the right, um, this is the Matisse tribe. It's one of the most violent tribes in the world. Um, it is one of the prohibited tribes. Um, they, I actually was there with this group as they were demonstrating against what's called the FUNAI, F-U-N-A-I, um, this is the government agency. Now, try to imagine this. This is the government agency of Brazil to stop all access to uh, outside access to the tribes. Um, I don't have the time this morning to tell you the evil that goes on in those tribes. 
And to try to protect the evil is beyond what I can imagine. And, and it's just unbelievable, the stuff that goes on. I, I'll tell you one thing. Any time in these tribes, if twins are born, one twin of the twin children is buried alive. Now you say, how? You, so in other words, we're supposed to spare that culture of killing the, one of the twins? Or through Christ's message of evangelism, we're not there to change culture, but to change the tribe through Jesus Christ with moral principles that are taught by the Bible. And one of those is you don't kill a child because they're born a twin. They bury the child alive because if they don't bury the child alive, if the child doesn't die, then according to their system and the way of thinking, the spirit of that child will destroy the other child. Why would that be protected? But we're not allowed to go, and we're not allowed to teach and preach that. Um, but we, I mean, we do everything we can to train people. The Matisse tribe, and I would invite you later on, not right now, um, because there, I know there are people that like to Google stuff and find out what's he talking about. Funai, you can look that up later, F-U-N-A-I. They will stop everyone from access to those tribes. Everyone. And that means preaching of the gospel. The Matisse tribe, M-A-T-I-S, Google that later, and you'll find it says, one of the most violent tribes on earth today. Let me give you an example of how God uses missionaries. And it may be during your time in the Czech Republic that you find that the Lord directs your path and different things that happen that you're like, that's a God moment. That's a God thing. We don't know that how that happened, but it happens. And God brings and opens opportunities to reach people. We were in the area of, and I know this is going to sound weird, this is Brazil. This is not a Portuguese name. Benjamin Constant is the name of a city on the Amazon in Brazil. We're there. I'm there. And we're there to try to meet some of the tribes and to see ways that we can access and reach the tribes. Now, try to imagine we're in this area on the Amazon trying to, looking for another missionary. We're trying to fit. It's a different denomination, but it's another missionary. We went from tribal village to tribal village that were open and accessible. We missed him everywhere we went. Then we drove into the town of Atalaja. Atalaja means lighthouse. We went to several houses in Atalaja looking for this missionary. We want to connect with him. We missed him in every location. Finally, we went to the riverbank and found ourselves face-to-face -face with the Matisse tribe. And that's what you see in that picture right there. The back of several of the Matisse warriors is there. You can see some of their tattoos. Um, you can't see the monkey teeth necklaces that they wear you can't see the dark, uh, blow dark guns. They are real, by the way. Uh, you can't see some of the other stuff that is still real today on the Amazon. But this is a violent tribe. And we had a chance, a, just a, a, a God thing chance to run into this violent tribe and begin to talk. We did everything wrong that day. Everything wrong that could happen. But doing everything wrong was God's purpose of leading to this moment of meeting with the Matisse tribe. The Lord put us in the right place at the right time for our missionary in that location, uh, Tannenberg, Tannenberg. You can see him facing uh, some of the, the tribal guys, talking with us. He, he's standing next to me. He's talking to them in Portuguese. And it was the first time 
the first time he had ever had a chance to talk to them about the possibility of putting the gospel on small MP3 players that for that tribe in their language to reach that tribe. First time. And he said, I, we've never had any contact, any access. Now, how did we end up meeting them? Just so you understand, the Matisse tribe had two of their young people that had gotten sick. And in the Amazon, when you get sick, there's no hospital right there. So you take your people that are sick and you go to the edge of the river and you either wait for a boat to come by or somebody to come by and pick up your people and take them to the next village, probably Benjamin Constant, where they're going to get medical care. Well, those two young people went on a boat, went to Benjamin Constant, but when the Matisse tribe came to find their young people, they were gone, they thought another tribe had captured and kid killed these two young people. So the Matisse tribe took whatever guns they had, and they took whatever arms that they had, and they went to the other tribe and killed over 25 members of that other tribe in a tribal war. Now, the two young people were down in Benjamin Constant being cared for. So because the Matisse tribe killed 25 men of that tribe, that tribe then came and killed some of theirs. And so it was a fight going back and forth and back and forth. The reason we met them is because those two tribes had been called to meet with Funai, the government agency for the, for the indigenous people, and they were there trying to solve and deal with this issue. And for the first time, the Matisse tribe heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what was very interesting was a great part of it was jealousy because when our missionary explained to them and said to them, well, uh, Wilson Cannonberg, he said, well, I have these tribal languages for other languages, and we have these MP3 players, little bitty things. Uh, many of you know who um, Stanley just passed away. Yeah, um, he provided the MP3 players for all of, the, all of these works. And he said, I have these in MP3 players for other tribes. They got jealous because they didn't have it in their language. Oh, no, 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 it can't be. that We don't want to listen to somebody else's language. We want it in our language. That's exactly what we want. And so through this strange series of events that the Lord prepared, all of a sudden we have the opportunity for the first time to put the gospel in the Matisse language and preach the gospel and share with them about Jesus Christ. Um. Pray for these missionaries, Wilson and Lori Cannonberg. They have a plane that they can land on the water. Actually, the pictures that I took from up in the plane was from that plane. And they are major influencers in that area for the gospel. And they're Brazilian missionaries to the Amazon. Let me quickly finish. If we want to finish the command of the Lord to reach every nation tribe, tongue, and people. What part are we willing to play to make it happen? We have to ask ourselves, what will I do? What will we do to make it happen? As a church, you've made for decades a decision and a commitment to supporting missionaries and to supporting us as missionaries. Thank you. That is a critical part of what you as a church can do. But we've got to go from just the church now to you. What will you do? How will you respond to the call to the nations? Every single one of you that are going to the Czech Republic, God bless you for responding to that call and for that trip. 
What if God is calling you today? How will you respond? Abraham was 75 years old when God called him to leave his people. I'm 70, going on 71 in June. It's hard to imagine being called for the very first time in your 70s. I've got 40 years experience doing it. But first time, I don't know. But I know that God wants every one of us to be a part of the process of reaching the nations. What if God calls you to be a pastor and be a part of preparing and sending others into the harvest field? What will you do? You see, we have to understand God is passionate for the lost. God is passionate for the lost. And he says in Revelation 5, verses 9 and 10, and they sang a new song saying, were there you to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe, language, and people, and nation. Do you, do, do you catch that? This is the final, the, the final push, the final promise. God is passionate for people, for their salvation, from every tribe and language, and people, and nation. And you have made them, you and me, kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. Kingdom and priests. Every one of you, every one of us, are called to be a priest. That's a privilege for all of us. Now what are you going to do with it? It will happen. The question is, what part will you play? Thank you, Pastor Craig. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. And Pastor Craig, I'm going to turn it back to you. But I hope each of you hear the call today. God's passionate for the lost. And he's calling you to answer the question, what part will you play? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mike. If you, uh, actually, if we could, Dodie, if you could come as well, I'd like to have you guys just come stand down here. We'd like to lay hands on you as a church and pray over you. Your work is clearly not finished in what the Lord has called you to do. And this is what I'd like to do. If I could have uh, our, our Czech missions team to come. I'm sorry, Megan, I know you were just walking <laughs> And I'd like our Czech missions team, if, if you're here in the room, I know some of the members are, are some of them are, are with kids and, and we have some that are, uh, that are away today. Um, but just come and just lay hands on them. And I'm going to have, uh, come on, Faith, get right in there. Get right in there. We're going to lay, we're going to lay hands, we're going to lay hands on them. So we're, yeah, we're surrounding them. We're laying hands on them as, as our, as our short-term missions team. And I'm going to have Renee just pray over Mike and Dodie. Gosh, I thank you, God. Oh, I thank you for the years they've given. For the years they've given their yes to you. From that very first yes here in the front row to today. I thank you for the multitudes of people that have been impacted and changed and the generations and the legacy that they've left behind them. 
I pray just such a special and significant blessing to continue to rest on their lives as they continue the work of the ministry. I thank you that though, although there are many, many great days behind them, there are great days ahead for Brazil, for the kingdom of God, and for what you are doing in and through them. We just come together right now and we ask for, for provision. We ask for open doors. We ask for people to be sent, to people that will say, I'll go. I'll go, that, that, that his, his phone would start to buzz, and he'd start to get the text message and the calls come in and say, I'll go. I heard the yes. I, I heard the voice of the Lord, and I said yes to him, and I will go. I will be one of those families that will go, and I will reach these unreached people groups. God, I pray that today there would be even a shift in the spirit as they've come and, and shared the need shared your heart for the world. God, I pray, Lord of harvest, that you would send forth people into the harvest field and continue to use Mike and Dodie, continue to pour on their lives, continue to give them refreshing and strength and finances and, and tenacity and passion for the call. God, and, and, and we just say that, that you are worthy of every yes, of every sacrifice, of every moment, of every moment of doubt and every moment of fear and every moment of risk, and you are worthy of it all. So we come together and we agree in your name for your presence to go before them and go behind them and be on every side. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Family, I want to I challenge you this morning to hear the words that, that Mike has, has delivered to us and answer that question, what will, what will you do? What will I do? What will I do? How will I answer the call of God on my life? Whatever that is. Because we're not all called to be missionaries to unreached people groups in Brazil. Some of us are called to be great mothers and fathers. Mike's parents didn't go on the mission field. But they have touched countless lives around the world. People that they will never meet. Because they were faithful mother and father to raise their son in the house of the Lord. And then he went to the nations of the world. Not everybody's calling is the same, but we all have a calling. So what will you do with the command to reach the nations of the world? What is your role? That's what our heart is, is to empower you to fulfill your role. And if your role is full-time ministry, we want to empower you to do that. If your role is starting a business and being an incredible employer, then we want to empower you to do that. If your role is to be a mother and a father and to raise up godly sons and daughters that will go out into the ends of the world, then we want to empower you to do that. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to each one of us as individuals, not just collectively, but what will I, what will I do? How will I answer the call of God upon my life that we might see every last 
people group, nation, tribe, tongue, reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Speak to me about my role. And I thank you for the call of God upon each and every one of us and for the empowerment to fulfill that call. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike and Dodie, for being here. Thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely.